I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to Black Tivities, a celebration of all things Black. Black culture, Black history, Black perspectives, and Black panache. Celebrating our Blackness doesn't mean exclusion. Everybody's invited, but you got to come in and have a seat. So let, let the Black Tivities begin. Hey there, I'm Shannon here with our resident poet, Miss Mona Lisa. Hi, ho, guys. Today, we're going to be discussing a more serious topic. And I've heard debates about this amongst our people. And at first, I never really thought about this. Um, but I think probably is because I've never known a legally segregated country. I've always thought about the positives of desegregation. But is there also a downside to that? We're going to talk about it today. Hey, Shannon, I want to cut in really quick. And uh, I want to <laughs> share with you some feedback that uh, I got from some listeners um, in regards to our last episode that Black don't crack. Um, they jokingly made a point to say that out of, you know, us sharing the things that do affect um, the Black people when it comes to them cracking, what do make us crack? Um, they said that I left off alcohol. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> so even though I was sipping. So yes, guys, alcohol is a contributing factor um, to us cracking um, alcoholism. Um, so I just wanted to go ahead and throw that in there as well. So I do apologize. But yes, that is one. Um, the next time you guys have some feedback, remember, you can share it with us. <laughs> And we will share at the end of the podcast ways of hitting us up or inboxing us, especially on Instagram or calling our lovely hotline bling. Um, we would love to hear that. So thanks. did you get any feedback from crackheads? Crackheads? No, no. They're, unfortunately, I could not find still to this day. No crackheads. Meth heads. I, I see them every day, but no crackheads. None. Okay. Well, crackheads reach out. Right. Right. Is the crack pipe still relevant? But anywho, let's go ahead and move along. All right. Well, if you're enjoying this season of Black Activities, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us continue to make the content that you want to hear, and it helps us to get noticed. We appreciate all of you who are constantly listening and supporting. Yes. Yes. Now, Lisa, when you hear the word segregation, what words or images come to mind? Um, images that come to mind is obviously the lunch counter. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing, the lunch counter. Um, being Having food thrown at you, um, being spit on. Um, even, I even heard a hot cup of coffee was thrown. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, being sprayed with... Um, the, the little hose pipes from the fire. Yeah, that all of that. I bet that shit burn, baby. Um, but also, too, little Ruby Bridges walking with her lunchbox. Being just walking and having, you know, someone like a Caucasian person walking in behind you. And that image of, I mean, we see pictures where they're so angry and you could see the anger on their face and mm -hmm. having just a, a, a black person just walking calmly as if, you know, we're taught to do just turn the other cheek. So that's that's what I, I think of. 
Yeah, um, a lot of those I think of as well. I think when I think of the word segregation, it's all like negative things. Mm-hmm. But could we also associate segregation with words like black business and community? You know what? I thought about that as well. Um, we are so supportive, especially, I mean, I think you can go on Instagram and you could see like, the little gifts or the little images, like the stickers where it says support black businesses and things like that. Um, where, and obviously just something like that, that's positive, mm-hmm. but more than less, I do look on like the spectrum of, okay, what if it was a different ethnicity? Um, but I also look at it on a scale of we have to keep uplifting each other. Because our past can't be erased. Yes. So it's our affirmations, man. It's positivity. Yep. Well, I got some sax facts for you. Let's get it. Come on. I'm ready. And that is sax, (laughs) S-A-C, for those who need a refresher. Calm down, freaky deaky people. (laughs) (laughs) It's my initials. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on. They're informative. Let's get it. Okay. Before the Brown versus Board ruling, of course, races were separated. Plessy versus Ferguson was the case that they gave us. Mm. And it fulfilled the separate, but definitely not the equal part. Black people could not use the same facilities, had separate entrances, were paid less at unstable jobs with limited opportunities. Not to mention that many of the black schools were in terrible condition with old textbooks and fewer resources. Because of this, black people were basically forced to create their own little communities where they lived, worshipped, started businesses and played. There was a strong middle class and thriving neighborhoods of black communities. But still, we wanted that equal. There were lots of lawsuits trying to get it, but the NAACP determined the only way to truly get it was to desegregate the classrooms. However, not everybody was down for that. Many Black folks disagreed with the NAACP and instead agreed with W.E.B. Du Bois' stance on the economic benefits of segregation for the Black community. But you know the story. It happened. After Brown versus Board, the schools were forced to integrate. By the way, there is a difference between desegregation and integration. And it's this. Desegregation is forced by law and integration is a social process where there's fair and equal treatment because of desegregation. But anyway, this, I'm sorry that that right that thing, baby. You, yeah. <laughs> the but Shannon, anyway, the, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got excited. I'm sorry, y'all. Do, do y'all not get excited during sex facts? I can't be the only person. I'm sorry to cut you off, <laughs> baby. You be breaking it down, but go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. I need a hype man. Um, This had a lot of positive effects like more resources and smaller class sizes, which led to educational success and higher wages. 
But a lot of Black children had to take one for the team and face the discrimination and the violence head-on in classrooms. Also, a lot of Black teachers and principals who were often more credentialed lost their jobs because white parents didn't want Black teachers teaching their kids, which in turn, for us, meant fewer advocates for the Black students as well. Mm. There was a study done where they talked to people from all parties that were directly involved in integrated schools in the 70s to see if they felt like it was all worth it. What most of these people said was that they did become less prejudiced and more comfortable being around people of different ethnicities. But after they graduated, they found themselves right back in a segregated society. Mm-hmm. And that's Sacks Facts. Wow. It's like no matter what we do, just that that last statement you made, it's like no matter what we do, no matter the education that you have, you're always going to have some type of disadvantage. And that's only proof that when it comes to ethnicities, other ethnicities, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We have to work harder. Mm. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, you disagree? No, I oh, agree okay, completely. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. I was just making sure we have to work harder. We have to work harder. And when we, when we are on that, F it, I'm going to just do me. It's like, mm, they don't really mess with us like that. Or we're being, what's the word? Combative. Yeah. Or hard to work with are difficult, especially if you're a black girl, you got an attitude. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like desegregation was a good thing for us or do you think it kind of set us back as a community? Mm. See, it's hard. I don't want to say it set us back, but it was okay. It's a good thing because everybody deserves equal rights, right? We all deserve equal rights, but no matter what we do, no matter what laws were passed or going to be passed in the future, It all starts within the individual. And if you have that one person that's sitting there and they say they don't like it and they have enough power up under them to not give someone the fair shot, then it's always going to be an issue. But that's why it's very important for us to vote. Um, That way we can have people that's backing us. Um, That way we can have the equal rights. I don't want to say it's a setback. I do want to say that since the beginning, though, there has always been some type of like plan set back for us, regardless on what we had going on. Um, something that I learned, I don't know if you're aware of this. Okay. So public housing, like what are, what is our views on public housing living in the projects? Um, low income black people, but the projects were actually not made for us. Exactly. Who is they made for? They were made for white people. All right. So now when, when we, so was welfare. Uh huh. So, but the thing about it is temporary. That's the main word. When you go and you apply for stuff like this, you see that word. You still see it to this day. It says temporary um, housing. Okay. 
And it's, 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 it says temporary for a reason, but to, I, I got some family members that I know still live in the projects, you know, and I don't want to talk bad about it, but they, they have this to where, okay, you got the public housing. And after they established the public housing, they went, I want to say, was it in like New York where they went and built like 17,000 like beautiful houses, right? Mm-hmm. And then they came up with the FHA and it was like, okay, we got all this housing and it's nice neighborhoods, but we only want to put the Caucasian people in these houses. And we only want to work with the Caucasian people because we can't bring the black people over here. We don't want them over here. So they went. And all of the Caucasian people who were ready to move out of the temporary housing, they went and put them in these nice houses and worked with them. And then from there, it's like, okay, you still got the black folks over here and they still got this housing. And they still wanted to benefit from it somehow. So they was just like, okay, well, let's go ahead for just where the white people were. Let's go throw some more black people over here. Mm-hmm. And so here it is, you got black people, you know, just sitting there and then they get comfortable and then the living conditions get down because, you know, you don't have anyone over here keeping up the maintenance on these properties and nobody's policing them on a regular basis like they would the other neighborhoods. So it's like, come on, y'all. Even though desegregation happened Mm -hmm. and neighborhoods and everything you know, resources were integrated. They always found a way to create laws and policies that caused segregation to come back. Right, right. Or caused us to, you know, have to jump through hoops to mm-hmm. get the things and are still doing it today. I mean, I'm kind of nervous about all these things that Ron DeSantis is yes doing yes. in florida mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you guys i'm gonna give y'all a homework assignment go i want y'all to go and google what's say the name again ron DeSantis. ron DeSantis. and then also just google florida and all of the representatives and the things that they have said especially in the past it's it's pretty wild it's pretty wild i even heard so i don't remember his name but he said that florida shouldn't be a welcoming state and that if you want it to come there um, and you're not happy, then they will assist you. That's the only assistance they will provide. They will assist you with going somewhere else. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Interesting. <laughs> what? But that only proves, though, like for the whole, you know, resources and especially with housing. It's like even to this day, I agree, we don't have the same resources. So I think... Um there's some good and some bad things okay. when it comes to desegregation. I do think, you know, it was better as far as having better resources for education and stuff, even though they're trying to do this whole thing with private schools and our community schools are going to get left behind again. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there were like whole black towns and communities that were thriving mm-hmm. during that time because you know nobody wants to go somewhere and be treated like trash so what happened to those black communities though they got burned and destroyed damned if you do damned if you don't 
Right. Right. <laughs> I think it also messed up too, because from my research, like it said like a few black people, once things were integrated, could actually make it to middle class and they couldn't climb the ladder because who's controlling the situation? Right. It's not us. Mm-hmm. So you know, that also was a negative of segregation. I mean, desegregation, sorry. So why is there such a disregard to the history of segregation, especially when it comes to schools or people not pushing it? Like, why do you think that they don't care? What do you mean by that? Like teaching when it comes to segregation, it's just like, like, why are we not pushing or discussing it more, especially now? Because my kids, they don't talk about segregation in school. Surprisingly, I asked my son if he knew what segregation was, and he did know what it was. Oh, wow. Okay. So they talked about it in his school, which is extra surprising, mm-hmm. being where we live. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think this whole, uh, that goes back to people like Ron DeSantis, this whole anti-woke thing Uh like Mm. (laughs) they don't want anything to do with race disgust because it makes people uncomfortable yes right why can't you just forget about it that was the past shannon (laughs) (laughs) don't get me started (laughs) that was the past like why can't you just forget about it like come on look at you now it doesn't matter right you're doing so great now. Why does it matter? And that's well, that's an one. honest question. Yeah, that's an honest <laughs> question. If you're, you're doing so great now, you're educated. You discuss this with your children. So why does this matter right now? That's like saying you should be happy with what we give you. Mm, look at that. And that's that's true. That's that's totally true. That's totally true. So when it comes to, I know you just mentioned that you do talk to your son about it. Like how often do you have these conversations about like, okay, yes, desegregation and then, but also just race um, with your children. So my kids are still pretty young. My oldest is nine. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like have him like, is us against the man or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, you know, we talk to him about people being treated equally and it doesn't matter what race, like everybody is different and everybody has something to offer the world mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But we're also trying to instill in him like a pride Mm-hmm. in being black and um, that he has value, that he has just as much value as his peers. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the teachable moments are coming from like things that are happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. And so I might be watching something, he sees something on the news or whatever. And so I kind of ask him questions. Do you know what's going on here do you know why they did this or whatever whatever I think that is great and i'm gonna give you you listeners another homework assignment if you have children 
with things that's going on in the world, ask them open-ended questions to make them think. I, I think that is that is something very important. But yeah, ask them open-ended questions um, to make them think. Look at me. I'm over here like I'm a teacher assigning homework. Hey. <laughs> that's probably the teacher in me. But uh-huh. I don't want to per se shape his thinking mm-hmm. to so that it it's just he thinks like me. Well, I don't think it's shaping. I think more or less is 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 making them think. Because I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. With my with my oldest two, they grew up. They traveled a lot. Their dad was in the military, so we did travel a lot, and they did have the advantage of seeing different ethnicities. Um, and encountering different ethnicities. So I didn't talk to them as much about, oh, you got to stand up for your rights against the man. Like, I, cause I felt like it wasn't <laughs> needed. And then on top of that, their dad was a, you know, medic in the United States Army, you know, mm-hmm. so more or less, it's like, I, I was, you know, just trying to teach them how to be good human beings. You know, right. you're nice. That's um, exactly you treat it. With respect. But I'm going to be honest with you, once, you know, that we did transition um, back home and, and, you know, as as civilians um, and we did move back to this good old (laughs) South, they encountered to where I remember that time um, my oldest daughter was called the N word um, the first time um, in school and it resulted in her getting into a fight at school. And I got the call and the call, the tone of the call from the principal. I want to say the school so bad, Shannon. I want to say the school <laughs> so bad, but I ain't going to bring heat because I already bought enough heat to them. But the tone of that conversation was as if my daughter had started, you know, like disrupted the learning environment. Okay. And that it was not tolerated. It was not okay. So I was like, what in the world? Like, I was going to go up to that school. You know how when you're a parent, don't make me come to that schoolhouse, you up there showing out. So right. I get up there and they had my only my daughter in the office, no one else. And I sit down and I'm like, what is going on? And when she shared to me that two um, Caucasian girls were messing with her and that um, one of them did call her the N word and she told them, watch your mouth. You don't say that. And they both start saying it. And it did result in a fight to where I was like, okay, she got physical. Okay. It got physical in that bathroom. Okay. But so, yes, I did talk to her. Okay. It's not okay to like, we're taught. It's, it's not okay to, you know, be up there putting your hands on people and you should have reported it. But it's hard for me to sit here and tell her you should have reported it when automatically that tone of, my daughter was the problem and the other girls, mm-hmm. nothing happened to them. They didn't get suspended. Nothing happened to them. My daughter got sent home. That's crazy. Okay. And I'll bring her on this show and she'll tell you what happened. <laughs> but I, I I think that it did kind of change my parenting to where I felt like it is needed to talk to your children and prepare them some type of way because it's not always going to be you know, everyone's fair. Everyone's going to look at you as an equal because you you are, unfortunately, because of your skin, you're going to encounter some people who parents didn't raise them to think that same way. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, we ain't got to go Black Panther power to the people hundred percent, but we still have to prepare our children and talk to them and make them aware of it. You know, and I feel like, you know, having conversations about, you know, this is what happened and showing them pictures and, you know, make them aware and letting them know, talk, let them talk to their grandparents, you know, their grandparents. That's another thing, you know, of sharing those experiences, um, mm-hmm. which I think is very important. Um, has there ever been um, a situation to where you felt triggered regarding segregation in today's world? We, I don't think we pay attention to it as much because we do have the woke people out here. And I don't want to be negative towards the woke people, but I think that because we have so many people like, oh, yep, you're being racist. Oh, you're being racist. Or nope, y'all got to pay attention <laughs> that certain things do happen. And we don't really, because we don't want to look like we're just out here just pointing the finger at everybody. We ignore a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that doesn't look threatening, Mm -hmm. but is on the low. Yeah. So I think I get, I think I get triggered by a lot of stuff because like it's thrown in there as a new policy or a new law. Uh And I'm thinking, but wait a minute. Like, that's not going to be good for us. No. <laughs> no. And it, it's like you sit there in disbelief. Like, are y'all really like, are y'all hearing yourself? Like, do you really hear this? Like, is this happening? You turn around, you look at the other black people like, do y'all hear this? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, they're just oblivious. Like, no, y'all need to be paying attention. And right. Then, and then you turn it to the woke people like, no, y'all, no, y'all really got to pay attention, you know? <laughs> so. What if the roles were reversed? Okay. What if the Caucasian people or white people were in this situation right now to where we were in a position where we can say, hey, y'all need to just like forget about it. Just deal with it. It's okay. That's the past. Do you think it will be the same? See, they feel like we're saying that when we're saying get rid of these monuments and stuff. Uh, valid point. But like if we as a people really wanted to go hard, mm-hmm. then we would. Exactly. I feel like the black community on average is pretty welcoming. Like mm-hmm. as long as you... Stay aren't trying mind. to start no stuff Be like we're we're very <laughs> welcoming to other cultures yes it's everybody else that like don't want us around mm-hmm. well are you ready for a little black activity let's go i'm ready i'm scared though don't be scared i'm scared All right, this black activity is called Black Biz or Nah because there was a lot of black business going on during segregation. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to name a business and you have to tell me if it's a black biz or nah. Okay. Okay. The first one is Chambly Drugstore. I can see it sitting on the corner like a general store. Mm hmm. 
Uh, yes, black biz. It is a black biz. Okay. Um, it's, and all of these are like historical, older black businesses. Okay. So it was owned by Walter Chambly in the Gainesville area mm-hmm. on Athens Street, which was supposed to be like a, one of the centers of like the black community back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the North Carolina Mutual Life Insurance Company? Uh, I don't know about that. It's like I'm looking at the name and I'm like, I'm not sure, but I don't want to like stereotype because of the name. Uh, no, I would say no. It actually is. Oh, okay. It was established in 1898 and it grossed a quarter of a million dollars by 1910. It's now known as one of the oldest and most prominent black owned insurance companies in the U.S. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. What about Skeet's Barbecue? Oh, that's hard. I feel like you're trying to switch it up on me. Because, <laughs> because that do sound like that's not fair because we know a skeet. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to Skeet. Boop, boop. I'm gonna say true. Girl, you know that's some black quote. Yeah. What what white person you know named Skeet? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fine. <laughs> what about um fair deal cafe we want a fair deal in these streets so i say yes and you are correct okay fair deal cafe was in omaha nebraska mm-hmm. and charles hall opened that cafe in 1953 mm-hmm. they said it's a place where you can get a square meal for a fair deal mm. That was their little slogan. That sound good. And during the 1960s, it also served as a meeting place for activists in the civil rights movement. Oh, nice. All right. Next, have Marcus Books. I'll, okay. I'll go ahead and say he went with this. What, what, is Books his last name? Or he was just like, this is just, okay, I'm going to sell these books. No, it's, just, it's a bookstore. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a business. Yes, black business. That is a black business. Okay. It's the oldest black bookstore in America. Oh wow! It was started in 1960, and it's in Oakland, California. Ooh, interesting. All right, the last one is Willie Mays Scotch House. Oh, that's true. Black people <laughs> alcohol, duh. <laughs> Oh, well, I thought the Willie Mays would give it up. Yeah, duh, that's true. Alcohol, moonshine. Yeah, let's get it. Black business, 400 It is Alex. a black business mm-hmm. in New Orleans that was um, founded in 1957. It said that Willie Mays has been serving up some of the best fried chicken in the world since 1957. Willie Mays Seton, its founder, arrived in New Orleans during World War II. Mm-hmm. She was working as a taxi driver, beautician, and at a dry cleaners. That makes sense. For years while her husband was working in the shipyard. I can call and get a ride to get my hair done and get me a fried chicken sandwich. And get your clothes dry clean. And get my clothes pressed. (laughs) We're going to press 
this dress. Let's go. So she had three jobs. Right. I want my fried laid to the side. Let's get it. <laughs> That's a good slogan. <laughs> um, Seton actually died in 2015 mm-hmm. at the age of 99. And today her granddaughter, Carrie Seton Stewart, runs it. Okay. I still want to call shenanigans on ski barbecue. I feel like there's a ski barbecue. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on that one. We're going to revisit that one. Is that, if not, that's a good idea. I feel like I don't heard that before. You probably have. It's probably several ski barbecues. Barbecue. You got the little uncle with the little uh, gator sandals. <laughs> that does sound like <laughs> yes. it would look like he that. He got a little towel hanging out his back pocket. He got shorts on and with a little wife beater. <laughs> or those um uncle sandals. Yeah. Yeah. That's all no, they gotta be either the uncle sandals or the gators. And he got on white bat white uh ankle socks on with it. Cat Daddy restaurant of the year. Yes. All right, Lisa. Mm-hmm. It's time for your pieces. All right, let's go. So we're going to double back to one of my originals. It's called Trigger. And I tell you, I'm trying and as much as the world is against me, I'm pushing. I'll find love in action. I'll find love one day. Dedication, determination, and success. There is a purpose for us all. But before we get all mushy, let's be real. I run my mouth a lot. But cultural appropriation forcing me into a category of baby daddy and food stamps. See, black love is expired for revamped to make us believe it's taboo and doesn't exist. Just yesterday, I had small talk with a person of a different ethnicity and exited the good intention with confusion. The conversation was going so well that somehow he thought making a joke about picking cotton was appropriate. So let's just fade to blue skies and the sun shining, a slight breeze and dandelions swaying back and forth. Disregard the cotton, right? And they asked me, why are you so mad? One roll of my eyes and it's taken as if I've screamed and pop off, but I don't. Because I get up every day and glide through America with the S on my chest only to be reminded that I am only a black woman. Realization that the American dream wasn't originally imagined with me in it. That vision labeled my skin and tried to curse my ancestor's name. So yes, I'm mad, a little overwhelmed, because our fairy tale consists of often inconsistencies and disappointment. My voice gets loud. And yes, Nate, I'm in a bind, but the way my intellect is set up, I must decline. See, I question God when I know I shouldn't, but a crown he has destined me to wear, and it feels like it's beyond my reach. The world battles me and it baffles me, but I'm raised off strength. It seems it's reassigned right before my eyes. This isn't a farewell to a black man or a black woman, but just know we are compelled. I understand. We aren't repeating our wants nor demanding our needs and have accepted that it is what it is. Thank you. Mm, I got to give that some snaps. <laughs> All right. Yay. I had to shorten it. I go on and on. I get rough. 
I get really <laughs> rough, but I shortened it out for y'all. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? I think that when it comes to us and desegregation, it's very important that we do teach our young our history and where we come from. And no, it doesn't have to be aggressive. We don't have to teach them to wake up and have to be fighting and wake up with our fists balled up like Arthur, you know, the little, the little gif. (laughs) (laughs) But it is important that we do know our past and know where we come from. And then also we know what opportunities we do have and we fight for those. And we don't have to sit here and physically fight. We show them through our actions because we are very intelligent people, just like everyone else. So I think it's very important for us to make sure that we keep up with what's going on in the world today. And then also just talk about it. Talk about it with other people and acknowledge if someone does you wrong, (laughs) just acknowledge it. Like it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. That's just my opinion. Well said. I agree. All right. So next week we will be discussing sisterhood. Why is it so hard for black women to make friends as grown women? I'm going to have to be quiet on that one and just listen because that's that's been a question. I I just do not understand why is it so hard for black women like it's it's like they get clicked up or it's it's, it's just crazy so that support is is there um so but yeah i can't wait for that one yeah we're gonna have to get some feedback on that one too from social media so we can talk about that Uh well thank you for listening to this episode of black activities there are three things that you can do to be involved with what we got going on first thing if you like what you heard please share it And we would love to hear your opinions on our topics each week. Hit us on the hotline at 770-744-1749 and leave us a message. You even might hear yourself on a future episode. And if you're on IG, you can also follow us. We are at Blacktivities Pod. All the links that you need are in the show notes. All right. So thank you for listening. King and queens keep doing big things. Let's go. Peace.